What's up? What's up, Set Apart Women? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walno, and today we have an amazing guest. Her name is Keely Hughes. You might notice that she's Australian. She is a dear friend of mine, and she has lived through revival. She genuinely lives the life of one who is set apart, who desires to be on the narrow path with God. And I thought, man, this girl always points people to Jesus, and I just had to bring her on here to encourage you, you, no matter how old you are, this Gen Zer is going to stir and ignite hunger in you. So also I wanted to mention, before we dive in, Candace and I are doing a giveaway. We're giving away a $20 gift card to Target, and we're going to keep doing giveaways as we keep growing and going, and we're going to announce the winner October 20th. How do you win, or how do you submit your name in the drawing for the $20 Target gift card, you ask? You subscribe to this podcast and leave a written review, or you go to our YouTube channel underneath Jamie Lynn Walnow and like the video, subscribe to our channel, leave a comment, and share. Let us know you're watching. Let us know you're here, and your name will be entered to win, and we will announce the winner on October 20th via Instagram or our YouTube channel. So let us know. We love you guys so much. Please help spread the word. Spread? Spread. Please help spread the word of Set Apart Women. We cannot wait to do conferences and retreats and dinners and all the things. We are ready to disciple and bring women together in community and empower you to do the same for other women. So without further ado, let's hop on in to Set Apart Women, Season 3, Episode 2. What's up, Set Apart Women? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wellnow, and I am super, super pumped. Welcome to season three, episode two with my girl, Keely Hughes. Let me tell you about her for a second, okay? I could like list resume stuff, but I'm going to be real with you. That's really great, but your character and your love is what you're taking to heaven. And this girl's taking a lot with her, am I right? Okay, <laughs> Keely is um, my adopted sister in a way before people take that literal I need to let you know that this is a joke but I also feel like I mean it um Keely and I lived together in the same hotel room for eight nights seven nights in the middle of cornfields contending for revival in Illinois and it was so cool just the way I got oh I've always seen Keely as a leader in the Gen Z generation so all you Gen Zers out there you get ready to hear one of the sounds that God has put within one of the mighty women in Gen Z. And Keely is a pure heart. She's a worshiper. She's been in revival, like real revival for six months in Australia. And in the middle of that, the Lord calls her whole family to come here to America and contend for revival in America at the craziest time before COVID hit, before we knew COVID would hit. But they're the kind of family you want when something like this hits America. And so I just want to say, I really believe in Keely and her family and spending that much time. You see people like you see them and she's the real deal, pure woman of the word, woman of faith worshiper. I could keep going, but I really am so grateful that you're here on set apart women. What's up girl. Thank you so much, Jamie. First of all, I love you so much. You're amazing. I'm so grateful for your voice and how you empower every generation, but specifically my generation and you're a champion of my generation and I'm very grateful for you. So oh my thank goodness. Thank you for having me here. 
I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I, I love, I love this generational thing, like that God smashed us, smacked us into each other's lives. I don't know what word you want to use, you know, I'm so <laughs> dramatic, <laughs> smacked us, loved us. Um, I, I just love you and your mom and your dad. And what's so cool is that the three of you can stand alone and the three of you together is cray cray. And it's not, one doesn't overshadow the other. It's truly like you all have your personal relationship with God. You know, your lane and you're in it. And I just want to dive in. We're going to dive in because I know I just said what I said about revival and Keely has one of the craziest worship sounds as a talented worshiper, but she's a genuine worshiper too, an amazing songwriter, but you were in revival for six months. So, you know, we hear revival talked about a lot in like in culture, it's being thrown around social media everywhere right now. And I'm so sorry, guys, this is real life. Remy is shaking in the back. If you can hear him, God bless. <laughs> he may even get crazy and start playing with toys, but here we are. Um, real life. Real life 101 with Jamie and then well, no, no. Um, okay. So revival, what does it actually look like? What does revival mean to you? And, and then I'll ask another question after, well, maybe you'll mm-hmm. answer all this. What is revival? <laughs> what does it look like? And what does it mean to contend for it here in America? How do you know you're in it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just like bring it all out. Yeah. Oh, revival. Yeah. Um, I think one of the roadblocks that we can have to revival is that is thinking that it looks like a certain type of thing and revival can look like many different things. It looks like many different, there's many expressions of revival. It's, but ultimately I would always describe revival as what happens when Jesus walks into a room or what happens when Jesus steps in, because ultimately revival is Jesus showing up and bringing whatever he has. And we can get caught up in all of the different, like the different words and like, well, this is that, or this is that. And, and sometimes I'm just like, well, those things are important and it's good to like understand all of the different things, but ultimately it's saying, I want Jesus. And whatever he has for us and whatever he wants to do, whatever that looks like, whatever that is. And there's different seasons of what God does on the earth, what God does in generations. And so most of those things are revival, but revival looks different from generation to generation, from time to time, from season to season. And it's when we get caught up of like, okay, this has to be like the past of like Azusa. And we want that. We want those things. So it's not to say like we don't want that, but it's saying whatever God has for right now, whatever that means. And may we not get caught up in saying, well, if it doesn't look like this, then I don't want it. Or if it doesn't look like this, then I don't want it. It's saying, I want Jesus. I want Jesus and whatever he has, whatever he has for me, whatever he has for the earth, whatever he has for the bride itself right now. And and so in revival, so we had 18 months of revival in Australia in 2016 before God moved my family to America to um, partner with 18 months. I thought it was six months, y'all. Whoa. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so God moved us to America to partner with what he is doing, basically saying that he's bringing one of the greatest moves of God that he's ever done and poured out in America. And he wants us to come and partner with him in that, in whatever that means and partner with the people here that have been faithfully stewarding 
it and praying for what God is doing and releasing. And so during the time, it was called the Pineapple Revival. <laughs> and it was basically nicknamed that. We didn't call it that. The people called it that. And it's because we met at literally a giant pineapple, like SpongeBob pineapple. Like it was literally like that, like a giant, like I think 60 foot fiberglass pineapple. And it was like a famous tourist attraction, pineapple farm. So everyone, when you hear the revival breakout at the big pineapple, it's a famous place in Australia. So like everyone instantly knows what you're talking about. And they're like, what do you mean like God is healing people at the big pineapple? People are getting saved at the big pineapple. Why are people coming from all over the world to the big pineapple? It's like, let me tell you, <laughs> Jesus is here. And, you know, it was one of just the most incredible times of my life. And I was leading worship through it and just seeing time after time what happens when someone would walk in, be one way, and walk out a completely different person every single night it happened over and over and over many people that were my good friends and like knowing them well and knowing where they're at and knowing how they're like what their experience is or like being in kind of like doubting it and coming in encountering god getting healed getting delivered getting saved all of these things and then just like their life being completely changed and still to this day, this is like six years ago, I guess, five years ago. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question, but. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So even I just think about every single one of us have experienced being transformed by Jesus or we literally wouldn't be following him. Like there's no point in following a God we haven't encountered and don't know on yeah. some level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Oftentimes, you know, I mean, we saw some crazy stuff. We saw one particular crazy deliverance, which we don't, we don't need to go into detail on that. I had never seen or heard before mm -hmm. when we were in Illinois together, but I knew Jesus was there. I felt the peace of God coming in. I was excited yeah. though. That could have been scary for people. What was happening? I was excited because that's exactly what Jesus tells us to do, to cast out mm -hmm. demons, um, to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Like, that that was happening in this in this room and so i knew and demons manifest when jesus mm -hmm. is around so oftentimes people are like Shh, that person needs to stop there and it's like <laughs> no that actually means that jesus is here and he wants them free um yeah. they've been tormented and he wants to deliver them so one of the things i think about that we don't often hear about with revival because some people are experiencing revival and may not recognize it because of how messy it is or how tiring it can feel or maybe like how is it to sustain revival for 18 months personally? Like what, what do you Keely do as one you I think you were leading worship every night. So how do you keep your heart in it when it can be, was it physically tiring? Was it not mm -hmm. because there was a grace? Like, was it messy? What, what did it look like for you particularly? Yeah, there definitely was a grace for it. Like sometimes people will ask like, how did you do that? Like that seems so exhausting. And there were times when it was exhausting or times when we felt tired or, you know, it was like, oh, I don't want to go tonight. I just need to sleep. But, but then as soon as you would walk into the building, we said this all the time, as soon as you would step into the building, it was literally like you felt revived immediately. I mean, revival, you felt revived. Like all of it, it was just like, it was kind of crazy how often it would happen. You would step in and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel completely different. Like, why was I even tired? Like that doesn't even make sense. And 
there really was a grace. So I would say the hardest, like the most exhausting time was the very first week when we were pushing through. And so we went for 18 months, but the very first week I felt the most tired. I felt the most exhausted. I felt the most like pushed back in it and like all of the kind of lies and all of the different things of like, don't go, like this is, what are we doing? Like all of that kind of stuff in the first week. And then we got to the eighth night because originally we were just having a week of meetings. It wasn't, we didn't plan to have, we're gonna have 18 months of revival. <laughs> like it wasn't like that. Um, We planned a week of meetings and God and God moved powerfully the whole time. Like it was crazy. Still one of the craziest weeks I've experienced when all these people are coming up saying like, my marriage was just restored. My family is restored. And there would be like young skater kids, like this 16 year old skater boy kind of vibe came, was like skating outside in the parking lot, came inside with his parents, I think. And all of a sudden he was like on the microphone, the minister was praying for him and had these words for him. And he was instantly just like weeping. Two seconds ago was like, I'm too cool for this. Like, why am I here? Like what's, what's going on? And now he's weeping in front of everybody and saying, Jesus is real. Jesus is real and get saved on the spot. And so things like that were just happening constantly. But with the there really was a grace for it and you know it also came down to knowing like in revival your own personal secret place and time with jesus is just as important if not even more so important and being in that kind of environment it was saying like every single time like we're pouring out and we're giving but we're receiving at the same time and kind of learning that birth is possible sometimes you're like oh you're you're leading worship and I'm like, I'm encountering Jesus. Like, if you think this is a burden, like I'm like in the throne room, like there is no other place I would wanna be. Like, yes, I'm doing this and I love and value the times when I'm not, but this is so powerful. And like, this is my favorite place to be because I'm getting to stand before Jesus and worship him and have all these people come with me and worship him with me. And that is one of the most like greatest privileges I think you can have. And and so just knowing that the time, my secret place, and that was something that God really kind of um, grained into me in like the few years before this. And it really set me up for, for this time of just knowing like it's always about, it's me and him, even when there's all the other people, like yes, you're in a leadership position. So there's times when you're gonna be you're going to be leading, but you're always connected to Jesus. And you're always seeing it as this is just you and me, you and me, you and me. Like, it doesn't matter what is going on. And especially when it can get a bit wild, it can get kind of crazy. You can have people screaming, <laughs> deliverance is happening, and it can be easy to get distracted. But it's saying, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus, that's when everything changes. And God actually would give me this picture right before some some of those nights when it was like it kind of full on like the nights when it was bigger and there was more people and you could feel just the like anticipation in a good sense but there was also the like the hype like hype's not the right word but just like it just felt like kind of crazy and a bit overwhelming i don't know how to really put that into words but it was just like a lot going on a lot of people and everything and i would just always have this picture of like okay 
coming down underneath this bridge. He would show me this bridge of just like, come down underneath the bridge before you cross the bridge. And this is just kind of what I'm like, I'm very like this. This is how he speaks to me. But come underneath down this bridge. It's just you and me. I want you just to sit here with me and just be with me and hear what I'm saying, hear what I'm doing. Like before all the craziness, before all of the all of the cars on the bridge, all of the people trying to cross over. So you just come and sit with me in this place. And like, that's how I'd kind of start before. And, and then it would go up and I'd instantly have the picture of us just like all running across the bridge to the other side. But it always being about the foundation, just you and Jesus. And this is how, this is not just about worship leading, but this is in every situation, no matter what, it's like, no matter what you're doing or no matter what, your job is or anything it's saying just come and sit with me before anything before you're doing anything before anything that he's asked you to either accomplish or that are all good things that are all good things that he's given you or dreams or people are like speaking to that person saying just come and sit with me before anything before before you go and do it like just sit with him and hear what he's saying to you and then go into that knowing what he's saying and knowing that he's with you. <laughs> I love that. I think, I think one of my favorite things um, that makes our relationship with Jesus so personalized are those moments where he gives you a visual like that. Mm-hmm. that you can always go back to like yeah. when, w- for anyone who's listening right now, whether it's on YouTube or on the podcast, there are like when I was delivered from depression Mm-hmm. He showed me this visual that I can never escape. It's like clear as day. Like it's mm-hmm. so, it's just that thing I can always go back to where I was sitting in a house and he was with me in the home yeah. and it was yeah. completely clean beforehand. I let all the thoughts come in. It was just a mess. It was just a mess. Yeah. And he was just waiting for me to invite him in to clean mm-hmm. it up and to cast out all the darkness, all the horrible thoughts. And then all of a sudden it was like, I had this clean home and he was sitting in it, mm-hmm. but then the thoughts would knock at the door And then eventually the thoughts would come into the front yard and then eventually I wouldn't even let them in the yard. And then eventually I like ended up in this gated community and they didn't have a passcode. It's like, he showed me that I'm the house and I have the ability to let in or let out. So I say this because it reminds me, it's like that thing I can always go back to like when I, when a thought comes, because I know what, what the enemy wants to do with thoughts, especially with women. Mm -hmm. Um, So to have a visual like that, that you can always enter in, and sit with him like he's always sitting yeah. on the couch in my home for some reason yeah. that I see and I can sit there and connect with him and so I just want to encourage for all of you women listening like you can have your own like bridge story yeah. your own home story your own yeah. place to go with him um that's really valuable and I I love this Keely because um it really is the most simple thing as a set apart woman right like what you're saying is that personal relationship um, with him that triumphs others. So practically, you know, there's women who are listening right now. And what does it look like practically in the day and early in the morning, late at night, whenever, what does it look like to connect with him in that place of intimacy? Yeah. And like you said, it really is like that being the foundation of everything you're, you're doing. And sometimes you could hear, like I know you can hear other people talk about their relationship with Jesus and it can be easy to like compare or to be like, 
oh, I don't know if I'm like that person. I don't know if I'm like that. Or I've never seen any kind of cool picture, like all of these things. And so I think what I would say to anyone listening is that don't compare your story with other people's stories and don't compare your relationship with God to other people's relationship. Like grow from it, learn from it, be inspired by it, but know that he has a unique and a special relationship just with you. And that's going to be different to every other single person because there's no point having a secret place if someone has the exact same secret place because it's not very secret. <laughs> it's just like the same thing that everyone has. Like he has a unique relationship just with you and you will grow in that. And, and so practically, you know, I feel like practically, this isn't super practical, but yes, at the same time, I think it is. It starts with knowing that he is with you and knowing that he is close to you and knowing that there is no distance between you and him. That even when you feel like there's a distance, he's so close. He never leaves, like the distance never changes. He's always close to you. He's always with you. And when you know that it completely changes how you come and how you approach. And when you sit down to read the Bible in the morning or at night or all of these things that saying, even if I don't feel anything, if I don't feel like I have any great revelation or I don't feel the glory come all over me, like there'll be times when you do, but there'll be just as many or if not more times when you don't. And it's knowing that that doesn't change how close and how real and how tangible he is to you. And it's saying, I'm going to show up no matter what. Like it's just about showing up. And it's like, like you're saying, Jesus just sitting at the couch and it's saying, I'm just going to come and continually every day sit at that couch, whether he says anything or not, whether I hear anything or not, whether I feel like I'm accomplishing anything or learning anything or or just hearing him speak to me or having an encounter, I'm still going to continue to show up because I know that every time I show up, it's bearing fruit, that every time you come to Jesus, fruit will be bear. You will bear fruit from that moment, that no moment with God is ever wasted ever wasted. I remember actually hearing Kim Walker, worship leader, Kim Walker Smith speak about this when I was 13. And she said this, and this kind of came from that and was like, no moment you have with God is ever wasted. Even when you feel like nothing is happening, every time you open your Bible, things are changing. The atmosphere around you is changing. Seeds are being sown into your heart and into your life that will bear fruit and you will see a harvest from every moment. And it's so easy to get discouraged when you don't see it immediately. But the greatest fruit takes time. The greatest fruit is always going to take time. And that's going to bear. It's going. You're going to see the harvest of that. And it's just so important to just keep coming no matter what. Just keep coming. Even if you're, you don't feel like anything's happening, just keep coming. Keep showing up. And practically for me, that looks like just in the morning, I have like a specific chair, like kind of what you're saying that I sit in and everyone's going to be different. Like the things that are going to work for you are going to be different. And there's going to be different seasons where things look different, but it's all the same. It's all about showing up. So I have a chair that I sit in where I'm like, okay, that's my Jesus chair. When I'm there, it's like just me and Jesus, no matter what's going on, that's my, my place. And practically that has helped me a lot with just feeling like, yeah, it just helps me practically. Yeah. It kind of changed my life when I actually did that because I was like, oh, every time I sit there, that's where I'm spending time with Jesus and I'm going to read the Bible and 
going to have this time. And I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> it reminds me of, um, it reminds me of like your spouse, like when you're in marriage, you know, some people, their heart comes alive spending time with their husband at a like five-star restaurant or like whatever <laughs> it may be in for in this season, my husband and yeah. I are like going to a coffee shop and playing cards. And that's every week. We've done that every single week for the past several months. That's how we connect once or twice a week. We do that. And that's what we love. And that's how we're connecting in this hour. And so for other people, they'd be like, I would not want to do that. But there's another way for them to connect with their spouse, you know, or yeah. it's the same thing with Jesus. I, I think that's so powerful. Okay. One thing I wanted you to talk about, because I think this is so pivotal for women to hear when I was your age, I did mm -hmm. not, I was petrified. And I think some of the trauma was from like childhood and Bible class where they would call on me. And I just like would freeze. Like I was so scared to be called on. Yeah. I just didn't like being called on in any class. And so I didn't like going to Bible class because I knew they were mm -hmm. going to do that. And then I felt embarrassed. And so I think it connect. I just never thought I could know the word. The only way to learn the word is to read the word. And then mm -hmm. you fall in love with it when you aren't in love with it yet. And then you fall in love with it. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have done it sooner. But I say that because, um, you are the word bubbles out of you. Um, and you really are, you really do protect your time in the word. Can you speak to women about the beautiful importance of reading God's word. Cause this is not for your male pastors or for these female women who are preaching to know it's for all of us to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes down to valuing like the gift that the Bible is, that the word of God is like, we have, we have this whole book that's being written just for us. That's being passed down through through history, through many, many years, it's gone through a lot of things trying to be translated. It's illegal in so many places. It's not in every language. Like there's so much that the word of God has been through to get to you. And so when you know like how much it's like gone through just so that you can read this love letter to you, it's a love letter. It's also your history. Like the Bible is your story. Every person listening, the Bible is your story. And when you know that it's your story, it's a lot easier to read. You're reading about other people, but it is for you. It's your story. Hearing about Jesus dying on the cross, that's your story. That's Jesus dying for you. And all of these things, when you read it in the context of knowing this is just for me, I feel like it completely changes how you read it because you're not just reading some history book that applied to someone long ago. Like it is for you and valuing it and knowing the gift and the preciousness of it. Like we have this, this amazing book to open. Like if you ask someone, like, what would you do if like someone a long time ago wrote this love letter to you and like, all of these things and people hated it and didn't want you to get it, but then you got your hands on it. Then how would you treat it? Like, this is your story. Every single story, like Lazarus, that's your story because Jesus brings you back to life. He calls you out. He weeps with you when you're in sadness. He, it's your story. Every single story, I could say that is your story. David and Goliath, David coming out and being in the fields as the shepherd, that is you, that is you. How in your moments have you been prepared for what God has led you to? And then he stepped out to Goliath and he slayed that giant. And that is your story because you can slay giants. 
So every single story is your story and it's written for you and it's about you. And like I said, it always bears fruit every time you open it. And there'll be different ways practically that that will look. Maybe sometimes you need to do like a Bible plan, a reading plan. And sometimes that's what works for different people in different seasons. That's worked for me in seasons where I felt like more kind of lost with it or had a hard time, like I needed some more structure. Then there's other times when I just need to open it up and like just be led by the Holy Spirit to wherever he's leading me. And that will work for you. And then there's different things. Like it's not about the formula. It's not about how you read the Bible. It's just that you read the Bible and that you engage with it and you come with an open heart, surrendered hands, um, open hands, surrendered heart, or either way it works. But you come (laughs) and it's just seeing whatever you have for me. Love this plant seeds in my heart let this plant seeds in my life that bear fruit and and yeah that's really it's say just the values like your story it's my story the bible has changed my life god's changed my life the bible has changed my life reading about it and like i want that for everybody and if you feel like it's boring right now that's okay because it will know if you just keep reading it, you won't find it boring. Mm-hmm. You won't find it hard. If you find it hard, if you find it challenging, if you don't understand what you're reading, it's okay. Just keep reading it. Yeah. And it's when we feel like, oh, maybe I'm not like there's other people that like just have a super like great understanding of everything that they're reading. And it's like, nobody does. <laughs> no one has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And then they're, but they're just learning and it's being, yeah. And inviting I love that. the Holy Spirit. My heart, I'm like tearing up and smiling, listening to you. I just love you so much. I, I love, I'm like, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I want to say the closer you get to leaders, the closer I've gotten in. I know you're, we're surrounded by a lot of the same people. The more real, like, they're just like you and me. They don't yeah. always have the easiest time going in there, but they stay disciplined. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you want to be an Olympian, you have to keep training. Mm-hmm. And how many Olympians are like, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I wanted to quit so many yeah. times, but I didn't. And now they have this gold medal to, you know, for in the, they're the best in the world at what they've been working mm-hmm. for their whole life. And it's like, and, and it's not about being the best knowing the word, but it's about knowing that it makes a difference. Cause in those moments where it's difficult, you're actually building more stamina, endurance, and strength exactly. in those moments than the other. And let me just yeah. read this real quick. Okay. This was the last thing Jesus plopped in the great commission. Okay. All authority in heaven and on earth. This is Matthew 28 has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father mm-hmm. and of the son and of the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We can't teach anybody to obey what Jesus has commanded us. If we don't know what he's commanded us. And mm-hmm. anytime that I read what Jesus has in the gospels, what he has said to us and empowered us to do. I feel so loved. I feel so encouraged and I feel so free and liberated from the world. And so I want to encourage people. I love Keely. I just love your heart for the word. And I, I see it bubbling out of you. I know we shared a room for a week. We spent time in the word. It was really fun. And that was a really hard, I was still experiencing a really difficult season and to be able to have that time like that was just so precious. Um, okay. Before we peace out, um, what do you see God doing in the set apart women in this season? Yeah. Um, I see when I see, I feel like it's in what you're saying, like 
I see him setting us apart. And I think, I, so I love what you're doing. I love your ministry and podcasts and everything, saying set apart women, because sometimes you could view being set apart. Well, sometimes people see it in like a bad light. It's like, are you set apart because you're like, being made fun of or you set apart to be ridiculed it's like if you're viewing it like that then you're seeing it in the wrong way because he's saying you're set apart for him you're set apart for a purpose you're chosen you're you're set apart for his holy purpose of what he's doing in the earth and so i see that it's like he's removing everything everything that keeps us from living like that he's it's the purifying fire you know revival is often like it's fire and it's the purifying refiner's fire. So he's coming with the refiner's fire and that's what sets us apart. That's what makes us holy. It's all of these things. He's purifying us and sometimes in the fire, it's like the things rise. So when gold is purified, um, it, you know, everything, all the impurities rise to the surface in the heat, in the, in the high, in the intense heat intensity of the heat all the impurities rise to the surface and so sometimes you might start feeling things come up or like anger or like different like sin or different issues or different things and you could get discouraged because you'd be like i didn't even know this was here like what is this but it's the refiner's fire and when you stay in the fire that's when the purity happens that's when you're purified so the thing i say is stay in the fire stay in the fire even when it's uncomfortable even when it feels like what the heck is happening stay in the fire because when you leave that's when that's when things get worse you've got to stay there to be purified and it's when people try to run away from the discomfort that then it just ends up being much messier and much hotter because now you no longer have the purifier with you. Now you're just within this place of, it just gets much hotter. So stay in the fire and he's leading us into, especially with women, I feel like no longer um, living to please people, no longer living to please culture or to please man. It's saying living in the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is not a scary thing. It's not a, it's not some crazy thing. Like I see him breaking off the fear of the fear of the Lord because it's the place we're meant to be. That's where the fire is. That's where the purifying happens. That's where, that's where he is. And if we want to be with him, it's like there's another man standing in the fire. Yeah. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But yeah. it's real. Yeah. So he's, he's purifying us. He's yeah. preparing us. He's leading us into everything for greater purpose and greater things that are coming. And we've got to get pure. That's so good. And only he can do that. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's a choice. I love that. I mean, all throughout what you're saying, it is a choice for this. And God, I know, has liberated me from depression, from gluttony, mm-hmm. from myself, making myself mm-hmm. an idol, dreams an idol. My husband, when we were dating, was an idol, you know, like mm-hmm. all the things. And it's the more I read the word and discover him and his true character and nature, the more free I become. And that is so beautiful. You are just such a beautiful display of his love on this earth and his creativity. Oh, my goodness. Um, before you pray, you have to. OK, first of all, you need to tell everybody where they can find these really cute tees and sweatshirts and stuff that you're selling because you are really creative. Um, and it's a dear Keely segment, if you will, <laughs> of paraphernalia. 
merch. So tell people how they can find you, connect with you, and where they can find these really beautiful. Well, on Instagram, I'm Keely Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, underscore, underscore. It's two underscores, which I need to do something about because everyone seems to have my name, which is weird because I thought it was pretty unique. So it's like, this is annoying. Um, Keely Hughes, underscore, underscore. And then you can either click the link in my bio or go to pouritout.org and the store is there and everything and you will find it. P-R-U-R-I-T-R-U-T dot org. Yeah, and I'll have all that linked in the YouTube bio below in the Mm -hmm. summary and then also on Instagram. So for those of you who are listening, um, I want you to go check it pouritout.org and also go to Keely Hughes underscore underscore on Instagram. We'll tag her in all the stuff, all the things. Um, And then um, also, Keely, will you please pray for these amazing women? Yes. Jesus, I just thank you for every woman listening, God, every person listening. God, I thank you for what you're doing in their hearts right now and in this season. God, I thank you that they are being prepared, that they are being refined, God. And I just pray for a grace in the discomfort of the growing pains, that you would give them such a grace to grow. Jesus, I speak so much blessing. I thank you for fresh encounters, God. I thank you for dreams and visions in the night, God, that they would have such a revelation of their secret place with you, that they would know you more deeply, God, that they would see you more clearly, that they would hear you more clearly, that they would know that you are not far away, that you are not distant, but you were right there with them. And so I just speak blessing. I speak peace in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much, Keely. I love your heart and your purity. You're Gen Z representing set apart <laughs> women in your generation as a leader and one who serves all generations. I see you doing it. So thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. I love you. And for everybody tuning in, if you're on YouTube, like the video, share it, subscribe. If you're on our podcast, don't be afraid to go subscribe and leave a written review. We are doing giveaways all the time on our Instagram at Set Apart Women. You can follow us on Instagram or at Jamie Lynn Walnow. And we're doing giveaways on our Set Apart and it's legit stuff. It's legit stuff. So just go check out what that looks like and join us next week on Set Apart Women. It's so weird to say that with the name change, but we're Set Apart Women now. Let's go. Bye.